To get rid of those pesky ads, request stories, listen to unlisted and bonus episodes, and to chat with the gang, support us by clicking the description link. We're talking about September 13th, 1959. We're going to meet the killer and talk about one of those events. It was a, a rape that happened in a nearby park, the Matheson State Park, a few miles away. This is the park right here. So Deer Park is where you start from, and then there's trails that go all through here. And there's like a nice waterfall, just like what you saw in the other one. So the killer kind of has an MO of going to state parks where it's going to be mm. mostly abandoned, but you can still mm-hmm. also find people that are hiking the trails. Well, the killer actually lives on the backside of the park. Oh, that's cool. That's where he lives? In- no, that's not where he lives, but oh. pretty cool. That is pretty cool. This is like Roman pillars. <laughs> what the fuck? You see these pillars? Yeah. <laughs> you know they have an exact replica of the Parthenon in Nashville? No. Yeah, I've been. I didn't go inside. What, is it all broken and shit? No. Because that would be the exact replica. The exact replica, is it all broken and crumbled? No. Uh, I always get the Parthenon and the Pantheon confused. Oh, there's two? Why do they sound the same? Isn't one in, one in Rome and one in Greece? I've been to the one in Athens, for sure. The thing with the pillars? Yeah. Like it looked like the Temple of Zeus where Parthenon and Pantheon, I think, are different things. Someone educate me. Parthenon. All right. September 13, 1959, a James James Suppin picks up his date, Karen Jassen, J-A-S-E-N. This is the first date, and he wants to take her to a very, very romantic setting. He wants to take her to the Matheson State Park, which is only less than two miles away from the Starved Rock Park. He wants to follow a trail down. He wants to go by the Deer Park River and he wants to skip rocks with his new date. I love skipping rocks. Now, these are teenagers. Okay, these are both teenagers. He picks her up. They get to the Deer Park entrance. It's still light outside. They walk for about 30 minutes. They come to a stream. They sit down on the edge of the stream. They're having fun. They pick up some rocks and they start skipping rocks and they're laughing. And then someone walks up. Then what happened? We came to the stream or river and we were down there just throwing rocks in the water. Well, just before we got there, we heard gunshots in the woods. We never thought anything of it. We threw rocks for about 10 minutes. And this man came out of the woods. Hmm. Well, what happened then? Well, he he came down at us and asked us the time. And th- this is part of the MO. He asked the time. He asked, how do I get out of here? How, is there any wild animals here? Anything to break the, uh, you know, to, to break the ice. It was, I told him, about 6.30. Then we went back into the woods, up the trail. We stood there for about five minutes, maybe a little more. We decided to go back up the trail to our car. We were walking up this path, and this guy came down the trail as we were walking up with a rifle. We walked right up to him. We thought it was all right. All right, so this is the actual testimony we're reading now. This man, which is the the killer in the... You know, this is before the murders. He stops this couple and says, stop or I'll shoot. He pulls some fishing line out of his back pocket, forces the girl to tie up the boyfriend's hands. Then what happened? Try to remember everything he said to you and what you said to him if you can. I know you're under a lot of stress right now, but it will help us if you can do that. He wanted to know if our parents were in the park with us. We told him yes. He wanted to know if Karen was my sister. I said no. He had her hands tied and he made her stand up and took her away down the hill. Then the guy took off all her clothes except, well, he took her pants off. Then he lay her down, took her bra off, leaving her shirt on. All right, then what happened? He wanted to know if I had a t-shirt on. I said yes. He cut my t-shirt off and stuck some in my mouth and gagged me. 
me. He stuck some in Karen's mouth too. What did he take off her? All her clothes, but her shirt and her red jacket. Then she started screaming when he done this. He told her, be quiet or I'll shoot you. And then he raped her. Hmm. I mean, this is the same guy. All right, go on. Then what happened? He told me to tie Jimmy's hands. And this is, this is the testimony from Karen. He told me to tie Jimmy's hands. He handed me this fishing string. I tied him. I didn't tie him too tight or anything. I kept asking him if that was all right. And he said, go around and come in between them so that he couldn't get loose. I just tied some knots in them loose and he didn't check them. Then he tied Jimmy's feet. I can't remember with what though, whether it was the same string or not, but it must have been. Then he came over and tied my hands. So does that tell you anything about the the women? The women were all tied with the, the exact same type of material, the exact same type of cord. This man was caught and I'm going to show you who it was but this this girl was raped with her boyfriend there made to watch he made some he says i'm not going to kill you if you comply he takes him down this little hill he makes the girl tie up her boyfriend's hands he then separates the two brings her further down the hill and then rapes her and then he says don't move i have a buddy that's coming in an hour and he'll untie you which was a lie the reason they got out is because she had freed her hands but they actually go and tell the cops and the cops they do an investigation on this because these are two teenagers who are claiming rape the cops interviewed a nearby maintenance man who was working at the park at the time he said the most likely suspect is this guy named chester otto weger and this is him right here you know what they say about guys named chester what no i don't you don't know that name can you describe this guy He's not a bad looking guy, but he doesn't look kind either. He has kind of like squinty eyes. Can you go back, please? Is he former military? Oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah? How did yeah. you know that? The haircut. I mean, it's long, but it. I, I just I, I, That I says see a it. style in the 60s, though. I didn't, no. I didn't think military. She, you got it, man. You, would you recognize a face like that if, if that man raped you? And then remember, he is not covering his face or anything. Um, he has a double chin. That's kind of He's got a butt rare. chin. Yeah. So this maintenance man said, you need to go interview. That is a lip I do not trust. <laughs> This maintenance man said, you need to go interview Chester Otto Weger. The cops at the time, though, now this was half a year before these the brutal slaying. The cops at the time, they took these teenagers, they make the boyfriend take a lie detector test, and they brushed it off as a made-up story. Karen goes back home and was teased throughout her high school career of lying about getting raped. She would be interviewed after the triple slayings, after the district attorney said, I'm going to solve this effing case. I'm going to do it myself. They interviewed her. They lined up several men in a lineup with Otto Weger being one of them. Mm. When, when she saw this guy Chester Otto Weger he screamed so that's wow. if that tells so, you anything yeah I mean in 2020 he gets paroled okay he spent 60 years in prison this guy right here exclusive 83 year old paroled for starved rock murders claims new DNA results prove his innocence so wow. this so this is Chester Weger he spent 60 years in prison and his attorney now is saying that there's new DNA evidence that's going to prove that he wasn't the killer. But he he was a rapist of the other crimes. That is correct. So, the, so the, he's just so saying he didn't he, he, he didn't well, murder so these. He he was paroled in 2020, 2 years ago. And the internet for some reason cuz it's full of idiots, they read headlines and 
they can, they're really good at reading headlines. Yeah, but that's about it. But they don't do any research. So they think this guy's fucking innocent. But he is not. He is. He is 100 percent not innocent. Lauren had a great reminder, but he confessed. He confessed seven times. The same story. The same story. And the the confessions, because the DA knew that this was going to happen, there were pictures taken before and after to show that he wasn't beaten. Everything was recorded. Everything that he said was recorded. And as always, he recants his confession. He has several confessions. Thursday, November 17th. These are all written confessions right here. And we're going to read some. He maps out the crime and he tells exactly how he did it. And for some reason, people think that he is innocent. Mm. And there's new DNA. The new DNA, which the attorney that is going to clear his name, which he's out of fucking prison anyway. Who gives a shit? Right. He's already been paroled. It didn't matter. He cleared his name or not. He didn't give a fuck. He didn't. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, this new evidence was a single piece of hair that was found in the woman's glove that was not his. It was unidentified. Oh. Okay. But there were other things, too, that proved that it was him, which is far more damning. But this this attorney says, if you want to get the scoop and, and hear exactly what all this stuff, you have to uh, subscribe to my new podcast. <laughs> No, you can subscribe to ours and we'll tell you for free. It's a fucking shit. Correct. And then now everyone's like, oh my God, this man spent 60 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Oh, he committed some okay, serious dude, crimes. He, there was a, a piece of hair found in the woman's glove. That could have been there way before the could fucking- Could have been petting their fucking dog. What about all the other fucking evidence they have? Anyway, we're going to get into all that. The guy so is a released, fucking rapist. They released him based on that one unidentified hair? No, he was already Paroled on parole. He was already paroled. He went but for parole. But it was parole. a matter of clearing his name of of the crime ent- entirely. Yeah, which they're trying to clear his name now. Which, based off one hair, that you can you can find out the details by going to the, the attorney's podcast, mm. and that he touts it and everything. Oh, my new podcast. Yeah, we we interviewed Chester. My new podcast. I wonder. <laughs> Never mind. We I'm have like, a podcast. Say, <laughs> like, like, so is he making more? On his podcast and we are is this all he's doing but the guy got paroled in 2020 i mean it's this is 80 now like whatever i mean but <laughs> i mean like even for a second for a second i did, wasn't thinking about the fact that he was a rapist and um those other things like he didn't clear his name and i was like well oh that poor man like had that all that time and now he's an old man and i'm like wait a minute no like he served time but that doesn't mean that he's innocent and that doesn't mean that he deserves to be out no he doesn't deserve to be out no not for murder but but all the the headlines others all the headlines say the same thing starved rock killer released after nearly 60 years in prison nearly 60 years in prison dude what the fuck like even this is like oh my god he's served so much time but i mean are you fucking kidding me can you go back to that screen where it says that headline there but i don't know i haven't seen that newscast but that it's painted in a positive light for the killer, but it doesn't necessarily. Yes, but it's not, there you but go, it's man. It's not really biased. It doesn't really say like after wrongfully accused after 60 years in prison, although that's the insinuation when they say after nearly 60 years in prison, but that right. doesn't it's mean like that too that, much, but it doesn't mean that that is where the opinion of the newscaster is. So like, it doesn't like it's, it's a, um, what's it's a non it's a what's the word i'm looking for um it's the same thing it's with a this. neutral statement but it but it has the insinuation of 
being pro yeah. him. Yeah. I don't know. No, so it's the same thing as with these Menendez brothers. Same shit. Like all these kids are like, oh, free the Menendez brothers. What the fuck? Look, they is that going, all this time. Is that going on right now? Y- yeah, dude. Fucking people are stupid as tits. I mean, this guy fucking not only killed three innocent women he's committed several rapes and he's 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 denied every rape until they're like okay we got this evidence and then he tells exactly how he raped him okay why is this guy even out of fucking prison why the fuck is this out i mean yeah he said he was innocent the whole, after he recanted it everyone does that and i think he actually believes he's innocent you spend 60 years telling everyone you're innocent that's more time than you've been alive you're gonna get to Think that yourself. So it sounds like he's he served his time in the, terms of his sentence. No, that was, he did not serve his time. He was con- he was he was put in prison for life. Uh, he just got paroled. How good behavior? Yeah, good behavior, I guess. I mean, he. I, I killed three people, but I'll never dude, do it again. The same I promise. Is that what this it's is? It's the same reason they're releasing murderers for COVID. They don't want to give them COVID, so they release these mass murderers. So the so the like, people. This is so not the, the first one that got released. No, but the people that killed other people don't deserve to get COVID. But what about the people that they killed? But he didn't. Okay, he's always said he didn't do it, even though he confessed to it, and all the evidence points to him. And people are so fucking stupid that they don't, they just think that because he's an old man, he's innocent. Basically, he may have gotten probation whether he was exonerated or not. And I think that's correct. So he was because he had served so much time, like maybe it wasn't life without parole. He was, it was like life with parole. But I don't understand if you're convicted of killing three people, how you can get parole. I mean, that does happen quite a lot, unfortunately. Yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, I'm just saying I don't understand. Well, what do you not understand? Why you should have some sort of... Because he got convicted to life, but not life without parole. I understand that. So he went to the parole office 17 times. I understand that. But like when you're sentencing someone and they're convicted of murder, like it's not like that person can get up from the dead and just walk among the living. Like, why do you get to leave prison because you behaved well since you took the life of another person. I don't disagree know, with you. I didn't write the rules. Chester Otto Weger, he was the one that the DA found to be the killer. He did undergo quite a bit of lie detector tests and he did pass them. However, those tests were found to be flawed in several different ways and when he retook the test with the DA they actually got a a a prestigious law detecting office that has been well known for doing excellent work they actually brought Chester to to get another lie detector and he didn't fail it but he was found purposely trying to pull the lie detector by flexing his bicep is what they were saying and he was trying to full the test so it was found inconclusive Hmm. when asked why he did that he really didn't have any great excuse now this guy chester has two children at the time he was arrested a girl of three years old and a boy of one year old and he has a wife too he has a pretty extensive history of rape and purse snatching already before the murders even happened didn't you say that that there were I mean, there were the rapes that happened, but also it's purse snatching that happened around the time of the murders. Yeah. So, I mean, it fits his M.O., but the murders are different than raping and purse snatching. Yeah, so the thing with the purse snatching is 
The uh, there was no sperm found in the victims, the three women. However, they were staged to be to look like they were raped, and he actually drugged them into the cave and staged them that way. He ripped their panties up and made it look like they were raped. However, there was no sperm, so we do know that the reason there was no sperm in there is because he didn't start out with that motive. He basically wanted to steal what they had and then things got out of control. Either way, he did kill these three women. I don't think he knew at that time he was going to kill them. He thought he was just going to snatch some stuff, that camera she was holding, those nice binoculars, whatever, and then run away. However, things didn't go that way. At the end of the day, he did kill three women. Okay, and he's he's out now. So here's what happened. The women, they were gone. Remember, they were just hiking right before dinner. They turn around and they see this man and he approaches them. This is Chester. And he immediately grabs for the purses that the women are carrying. However, he didn't expect a fight to occur. And that is exactly what happened. Mrs. Murphy grabbed the binoculars hanging from her neck and quickly flipped them over her head. She banged the field glasses down hard on Uyghur's right eye. He stopped, stunned. In the same instant, she reached for the brown hair comb under her dark scarf. Raising the comb over her head, she arched it down on the assailant, its teeth digging into Uyghur's cheek. Now, if this would have occurred, then right after that, he would have been scarred up, right? Or bruised. Or bruised up. But did that even happen? Well, I will tell you that Chester Weger actually worked in the hotel lodge. He worked in the kitchen. He was one of the, he wasn't the chef, but he was like the dishwasher in the kitchen of the hotel lodge, which they were staying in. And that day after the murders occurred, this was two days before they actually found the body, obviously. The Tuesday morning, Chester comes in. He's got not only a black eye, but he's also got scrapes all down his face which he has never had before he was teased about it by everyone that he worked with the chef actually asked what'd you get in some kind of fight or you know what were you doing and chester said he fell and hit the the medicine cabinet and he cut himself shaving Mm. okay it's crazy to have both of these marks and which completely line up with his confession which said that miss murphy grabbed the binoculars and hit him in the eye with it that's why he's got the black eye he he has the marks of fighting with someone who else was he fighting with you really think it's the medicine cabinet do people really buy that shit you fall down and hit the medicine cabinet and you cut yourself shaving holy shit that sounds like a really rough morning like are you a fucking idiot like what the fuck you know what i'm saying searching for the words now that this is during what happens so he he meets them he tries to snatch the camera and the other things that anything he can get and this this is reflected in the prior, the previous examples of him doing the same thing with other women, snatching their purses and stuff like that on the trail. So he tries to do that. And the book says, searching for words, Miss Linquist sputtered. What do you want with three bags like us where there are young girls? Miss Oletting said, if you want money, we left everything in the room. I'm going to back out of here. 
if you walk down the trail back towards the waterfall, I'll leave you to go. So he, he was actually bargaining with the three ladies at the time saying, okay, let's just stop what we're doing and I'm going to back out and then you guys can go your own way. Now we do believe this happened. Okay. This hat and he confessed to this. Okay. Miss Linquist says, if we go down there, will you give us your word that you will release us? He says, yes, but I had to tie you up and then I'll leave. So now we know how they got tied up. He promised them that they, that he would not hurt them. However, and, and I do think he was sincere about that. But at one point, Miss Murphy whirled around swinging wildly with her binoculars in her hands and, and trying to hit Chester. So this was after the whole, okay, yeah, I'll tie you up and then someone would find you and I'm going to leave. Miss Murphy got the the gumption to, to try to attack this Chester and try to get the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's really what done it. So he's got the other two girls tied up. That's when he starts beating them with that log. So Chester Weger worked in the kitchen of that lodge at that time. And the, when the district attorney took over the case, there's a couple things that point him to being the, the killer. Number one, he was implemented in the rapes and the purse snatchings and identified as the person on that same freaking trail doing that stuff. Okay, number two, he had those marks after the murder. Yeah, he passed his polygraph test, but obviously he was skilled in knowing how to do that. Number three, he had him tied up in a way that you wouldn't be able to tie someone up like that with that knowledge of those knots and stuff like that unless you were trained. He was a Marine, remember, Mm. as we said that? There was three bodies, three women laying there in the cave, and the floor of the cave is loose sand, but the snow had drifted up into the cave just a little there, but didn't drift clear up into it all the way up into the cave. Three women were laying there. One woman, which would be to my left, was laying there with the head facing down towards the entrance of the cave. Her legs were spread apart and her skirt was pulled up. And there was one boot that was off. That lady, oh, I would say maybe about three or four feet out towards the entrance of the cave. There was all blood there by your head where her head had been crushed. Then there was a pair of broken binoculars under by her right arm there. Then next to her was another body of a lady and her head was also crushed. She had her skirt off and she was facing. Her legs would be facing out. Now the other lady's head was facing out and her legs were facing out and they were spread apart there. Her panties were taken off her and they were stuck up under her underskirt there. So he does end up confessing to all this and it happened exactly like I told you. So he meets these women. He gets into a struggle. They say, okay, let's just go our separate ways, but I got to tie you up first. And then that's how I'll know. That's when he was met with resistance and that's when the fighting started. And then he just ended up killing all of them. The camera found, quote, revealed particles of skin and clotted blood wedged inside the lens. Chester confessed that at least three blows, perhaps four, he used the camera. So his confession was complete. And not only that, the district attorney took pictures before and after the confession to make sure he wasn't beaten into confession. However, he said that he feared for his life. They said that he was going to go to the the electric chair unless he confessed, Hmm. which is bullshit because the entire confession was recorded and 
nowhere in that did they say that he was, you know, going to the deaf chair. Well, wouldn't it make sense for it not to be in there if it was being recorded? Because and I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. But if they said that he was going to go to the electric chair unless he confessed and then he confessed. But it was, you know, that's kind of like a point for him, isn't it? Because huh? it, wouldn't it show co- coerced confession? What? I'm saying as an as a neutral party in this, as third party, if they're saying that he was going to go to the electric chair unless he confessed. No, no, they didn't say that. I thought you said that they said that. That's what he said. So he said the whole time he was in prison that they told him that he has to confess or he's going to get the electric chair. That's why he the whole time maintained his innocence, saying that he didn't do it and everything. Not only was his confession complete, but he actually confessed several times and to, to different parties. Okay, not just the police that one time, but to a lot of different parties, including the media. He confessed at least seven different times. He told his wife and his children that he did it. And I mean, his confession is right here. What's it consistent? Yes. Yeah, not only is it consistent, but it explains things that they didn't know before, like the, the log being frozen, the reason why they look like rape victims, but they weren't raped. Well, because it was a robbery and he tried to make it look like rape, stuff like that. It explained perfectly. Not only that, the, the fishing line that he used was actually butcher's butcher's rope that was only available in the kitchen and where Chester worked. Okay, so this is one of the things. And like if you ever watch Forensic Files, they actually sent that twine. It was twine. They sent it to the manufacturer that makes that twine. And they figured out that it came from that same role that was in the kitchen. There was only two people that had access to that. Was That was the chef and Chester. That was yeah. the only two people that had access to that rope. So, I mean, that, that specific rope strain. Yeah. So stuff like that. I mean, there's there's it's obvious that he did it, you know? Plus, he confessed yeah. to everything. I seen a club sticking out from a bunch of brush, and I picked up the club, and I lost my head. I hit her with it. And then they ask him where he picks it up yada 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 he tells exactly where it was found where did she fall right where i hit her how far was that from the cave right there where i found the club during the confession he took a deep breath and inhaled a cigarette i turned around and looked at the woman i hit and she was laying there still i thought i killed her she had her eyes closed and that and the next thing i knew this other woman was hitting me and everything she kept hitting me i had this club in my hand and i and i hit her I mean, it's all here exactly how it happened. She then got back up. She was the one with, I think, the binoculars. I kept hitting her. I felt these other two women's pulse. Both of them were dead. I killed them. I had to kill this other woman. So she actually chased the third one when she took off running. I mean, stuff like this, dude, it's not a coerced confession. The police didn't even know what happened. They don't. They thought they, should, they were raped. He's the one that provided that they weren't raped. I just made it look like a rape. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And he says, uh, where did you kill Mrs. Murphy? I'm pretty sure because I remember I killed these two and I am positive of that. I think I killed this other woman there, but I started to come back. And when I was coming back... These here Piper Cubs from Starved Rock were flying over the police plane, the red and white one. That is very important because it wasn't the the Piper Club, but it was a red and white plane. And the the uh, the district attorney sent his detective and they proved that there was a red and white plane that flew over. 
and you would only know that if you saw it. He was the only one out there. How else would he know that a plane flew over there if he was in the kitchen working? He described the fucking plane that flew over. And then the detective went and made sure with the flight logs that the plane was actually flying over at that same time. And it was. Yeah. And it was. The exact same one he described. They didn't know anything about the plane until he said something. He said this. There was a plane flying over. I think it was the the Piper Cubs from Starved Rock. I mean, it was a, a regular, you know, whatever. It wasn't the Piper Cubs, I remember, but it was a red and white plane that flew over because the detectives went and, ch- and checked the logs. And sure enough, a red and white plane, exactly how he described it, flew over at exactly when he said it flew over. Mm. How the fuck would he know that if he's in the damn kitchen? Right. He wasn't. He was out fucking killing these women. Yeah. They only went to check the flight logs because he mentioned the fucking plane. Isn't that nuts? And people think he's fucking innocent. How would you fucking make that up? You can't he's, make that I up. I think it was, uh, Natasha, because people see a frail old man and they're like, oh, he's not dangerous anymore. Yeah, but Jeez. back when he was 20 years old, I mean, look at him. And then he talks about how... He makes it look like a rape. They say, how did you clean off your hands? Because he goes back to the kitchen and works. Well, I washed them off in the snow. How much blood did you get on you? I will tell you another part of the evidence. There was a jacket that he always wears. There was, and and keep in mind, this is the 60s. They couldn't do DNA tests like we do now. But they found on his jacket human blood. Hmm. Like, what the fuck? So tell me now, instead of looking at this one hair in this glove to exonerate him, why don't they fucking test the goddamn jacket, you know? Because that would make too much sense. Uh I'm I'm sure that attorney's not even going to mention that in his fucking podcast. So where did you hit him? The head most. Mostly. mostly in the head? Yes. Why did you hit him mostly in the head? Yes, all the time I was sure I killed the oldest woman. I felt that the time these two women would identify me. I was almost positive I killed her. In my mind, I figured I killed her. I had to kill these other two. I killed them. I don't know. This guy is... Uh, no bueno. And he's all like, oh, I'm old. Look at me. I'm, I served all this time and for a crime I didn't commit. That guy doesn't want to be exonerated. Dude, he just fucking wants to live the rest of his 20 lives. 20, 20, 20 lives. This seems like a cat. <laughs> a cat worse. times three? Four. Wait, yeah, two. To kind of go over all the evidence, you have, he's the only one that had access to the twine used to, mm-hmm. the exact twine that was taken off the victims was tested. It test That test from the manufacturer was proven to be from the same role as in the kitchen. Mm. So... The killer had to be in the kitchen or have access to it. We know that. We do know that Chester had a black eye the day after the murders and scratches all over his face. We do know that. We do know that Chester has been in has multiple, multiple convictions of rape and purse snatching. We know that, you know. There's blood, human blood on his leather jacket. We know that. He confessed and told information that no one else would have. We know that. About the plane. We know that. And the guy's fucking out. (laughs) That's how our world works, I guess. Man. So, I mean, I don't know. Shitty. He did do a stint in the Marines, but he went AWOL twice and was discharged under mental strain hmm. and i mean i don't know that's about all i got with that guy i will say you remember i mentioned the the jacket there was human blood on the jacket the fbi when they finally got wise and sent this to the fbi to, to check not only was it human blood found on his coat in addition the report stated that 
the stains came from flying blood as if it had been splattered on the jacket. Mm. It was definitely not blood from some dead animal killed on a hunting trip or even a normal nosebleed. This was flying blood. Mm. I don't know. Maybe hitting someone with a log. Maybe. I mean. Mm-hmm. Or a hatchet. You, you serious? So the, the DA actually was the hero in this case because the case wouldn't be solved if he didn't put himself on the line. And he lost an election mm-hmm. to prove this guy uh, guilty. The guy is, he's out now, I guess, you know, whatever. But what do you guys think? Very, very interesting. So the club, well, when I was talking about the Frozen Club, it says Dr. Some Dr. Kakachka informed the investigators that the club seemed pretty much dried out and would possibly crumble into pieces if it were swung very hard against a hard object. He noted, however, if the club had been soaked in water and then frozen, its strength would be greatly increased. The doctor added that he would hate to be hit with it in that condition. Jesus Christ. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, he's out now. There was other things that they found to linking him. I mean, and, and just not only that, but the, the fact that others came for I didn't read a lot of the stories, but I, we read that one rape that I mean, all that stuff like pointed to him. So I don't know. I mean, and the guy's fucking out since two years ago. And now this attorney is like, go listen to my podcast. We can exonerate this guy. This guy's got a GoFundMe page, the, the fucking killer, mm. because he's 80 years old and he can't he can't provide for himself. It's it's like, dude, and you know, and he's got quite a bit of an audience, man. You know, crazy. Interesting. No. <laughs> what do you mean, no? Just no. <laughs> yeah. Don't oh. listen to that podcast. Listen to ours instead. Well, I mean, you already listened to uh, Among the Dirt and Trees, which I think is, uh, per, you know, I think that's better. So. <laughs> There were experts that came down. There was multiple authorities that came down to to document each confession. Because before this guy even was arrested, the DA knew that this was going to happen because he's seen it before. So there was like rules that he had to, before you arrest this guy. And one of those rules was to make sure everything is completely documented. Now, they didn't have the recorder back then, but they had someone documenting it. And and within seven confessions, it's it's all him there are multiple parties writing down every question and answer as you see here through the thing it wasn't drawn up a detective can't draw up questions and answers okay like these are questions and answers how would a detective draw that up oh what kind of razor was that and then the detective writes i don't know just an old razor like i mean you can't draw that up. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Right after it happened, he quits the kitchen job. Mm. You know? I mean, I don't know. And he did fail that polygraph test. The one that they took the last time. He was trying to, to fake the polygraphs. He was trying to flex his bicep to throw it off. Through the long hours of questioning, the detective noticed that Uyghur preserved a perfect composure. He also noticed that the suspect was trying to confuse the polygraph readings by flexing his biceps, from which his blood pressure was being recorded on one of the many breaks from the long sessions Reed told the waiting LaSalle County officials of the attempted cheating this guy comes out this guy comes out of the light the the guy administering the the lie detector test which was one of which was the top company to do this anyway the guy comes out of the polygraph test and says that this guy did it he didn't say he was lying or anything he said that this is your guy this guy 
die. This is it. Thanking Uyghur for his time, Kindig, which is the, the administer of the polygraph, watched him leave the cabin before turning to face the detective. With a shaking voice, the expert simply said, that's him. Racing to the window, the state attorney stared at the thin man walking away down the tree-lined lane. Warren the hunter now knew his prey. I mean, dude, this guy fucking did it, man. Like, all the evidence points to him. But anyway, that's all I got for that. And it's about to storm here anyway. I hear the thunder. Yeah. Anyway, I love you guys. And Nicole and I will be on Monday, Wednesday, and Frizz Day. And that's it, man. So I hope this is good enough for you guys. I really, I really do. I hope you guys enjoy this. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.